Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. Pastor Rick and I have been talking as of late about just prayer and what prayer is. And he said something to me two or three days ago that just kind of broke my heart a little bit. And I honestly just, as I'm over there praying, asking God what to do, <clears throat> this question kept coming back up to me, this statement really that Pastor Rick made. He said, and I, I mean, I get the question exactly right, but he said, how much different would our prayer lives look if the people actually believed that God heard their prayers and would answer them? How much different would our life look if people knew that God wanted to be in relationship with them. <clears throat> and I, I told him, I, I said, man, this may sound arrogant, but I, I, I really don't struggle with either of those things. I feel like God answers my prayers, and I know that he loves me. But many of us don't. We don't, we don't know that we know. Am I right? Am I, the, am I the only one that thinks that that might actually be true? We pray and we're all, man, I hope God heard that. Or man, I hope God loves me enough to, to sustain me. I hope God loves me enough to heal me. I hope God loves enough to do whatever it is I'm asking of him according to his will. The Bible says that anything we ask according to his will, he hears us because he hears us. We have what we've asked for. So we must be, it must be the... His will, it must be the desire of his heart. It says that he'll give us the desires of our heart. But only as we seek him, only as we come to know him, because our desires become his desires. And So back to 1 John, our, our prayers are contingent upon some things, and that's knowing that we are in the will of God, that we're praying the will of God. And sometimes we know exactly what that is because the Bible tells us exactly what that is. But there are other times when we don't know exactly what that is because it might be somewhere in between the truths. Like I know that God wanted me to plant this church, but did I know the address? I didn't know the address. I didn't know where the property would be. I just knew it would be in Lebanon. So we had to see God's face about where it would be. We had to actually pray and believe that God would show us. And I'll tell you, I raged against this building. Just so y'all know, I didn't think it was nice enough. I didn't think it was good enough. And I told the, the, the group that was essentially helping us build, I told us, this ain't the place. You know, I'd love to say I walked in here and be like, this is the place. This is going to be awesome. People are going to be saved. But I was like, this place is horrible. It smells like old feet and cheese in here. But and it really did smell bad, you know. But we prayed. And we believed that God wanted us in Lebanon. And this is the space that God provided for us. And we believed that space, this space, to be where he wanted to do ministry. And in six years, that's what he's done. People have been saved here. Lives have changed. Your babies are being born here. It's, it's amazing, this, this community that this community is. 
in this little bitty place. And I don't say that, say, ooh, look at Launch Point Church. I'm just saying, man, you know what? We've got to get to a place where we can believe that God's going to give us what we ask of Him according to His will and in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that anything you ask for in my name, and then also according to His will, so I can't just say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I want a Lamborghini. It's not God's will for me to have a Lamborghini, probably. I haven't saw God's face about that, so if any of y'all feel like you should be blessing your pastor, I'm not going to say that's not God's will, but I know that I've not been, I've not been motivated to seek that, you know? Why do I say all this? Why am I talking crazy? Because I want you to know my heart's cry, and I hope you know this, is that you know the God that you serve, that you know that He loves you, that He he gave his only son. These aren't just platitudes. These aren't just words that I say because y'all pay me to come up here and say it. They're truths that I believe in. I had a whole other life before I started pastoring. Did y'all know that? Like I was, like for 20 years, I was really, really good at what I did. So good, in fact, that I was, I was teaching other people how to do what I do or what I did. But God called me out of that, and I accepted that call. You know why? Because I want people to know the truth, that they can know that God loves them, that they can know that God, because He loves them, sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because without Him, we, would, we were judged. We were going to hell. But God decided that He wanted us to be in relationship with Him. After we walked away, after we stepped away, after we were all the horrible and nefarious things that we were, God said, you know what? I love you enough to not only forgive that, but to send my son Jesus Christ to die the debt that you owe. Man, that is beautiful. I want you guys to know that. I want you to walk out of this church today and say, I'm going to start praying because I believe God's going to answer me. I believe that God loves me. Matter of fact, I don't believe it. I know that I know that I know God loves me. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. Amen? So how do we know that we know that we know? Can I read to you some text that's not in Galatians? Chapter 5 of 1 John. I've got these statements all underlined, or actually they're circled. Everywhere it says no, K-N-O-W, it says this. These things I have written to you, starting in verse 13. Well, let me start in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. How can I know? Let's put some legs under this table. How can I know that I belong to God? How can I know that we're in relationship to where he will want to have a conversation with me? How will I know that we're in relationship to the degree that he's willing to answer my prayers? Because I have confessed out of my mouth that Jesus Christ is born of God. I believe that he is the savior of my soul. I believe he came, bore my sins to redeem me back from a life of darkness into adoption as sons. We have the rights and the privileges as heirs in Christ Jesus. I know that I know that, and because I know that, by this we know 
that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. You want to know how you know? Let me ask you, how's your obedience look? That's an intentional pause because I want you to filter your life through that question. What does your obedience look like? Because in order to be in relationship with God, we have to call Jesus Christ Lord. Or as Angela said Sunday, we have to affirm that we believe that he is already Lord and make him Lord of our life, which means that we have to set some stuff aside. We have to take on the new self, put off the old self. We have to set down all the sinful ways that we did because the word of God says so. How do I know I belong to God? Because I've confessed Jesus Christ, and in that confession of Jesus Christ, I've walked in obedience. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to set some tables under this leg so that you know you're not wobbling around. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to know that God holds you. People say, man, God, I I remember being in my grandmother's church. I know I'm rambling, but I want you all to listen to me. I remember being in my grandmother's church when I was a child. And I, I tell you, I didn't want any part of the God they were preaching in that church because that church preached a God that treated the book of life like a dry erase board. These old ladies would come to church every Sunday and they'd go to the altar to get resaved because they had a, a bad thought. They may not have entertained the thought. It just entered their mind and now they're going to hell. God's all, whoop, you had a bad thought. You're going to hell. Let me tell you, God holds you. You don't think he holds you tighter than that? He loves you, sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life so that you wouldn't be judged. You don't think God loves you enough to hold you? Now, that's so completely, there's something completely different to walking in intentional sin. God's not okay with that. But we don't serve a God that's wishy-washy. We don't, we don't serve a God that can't finish what he started. But he does act us, ask us to be obedient. So have we confessed Jesus Christ as Lord? Have we walked in obedience to his word? Or are we walking in obedience greater than we were yesterday? That's the beauty of sanctification because I could tell you right now, because I always try to be transparent with you, I ain't getting all this right. I get mad. I say some things I shouldn't say. Sometimes I act out, do some things I shouldn't do. That's just the truth. But you know what I do? I lay in my bed at night and I stare at the ceiling and I say, God, if there's anything in me that disrupts the communication, the conversation, the, the commitment that I have, the relationship that we have, show it to me by the power of your Holy Spirit and by that Holy Spirit, remove it from me. I repent of it. I dig it out to your glory and I walk away from it. But if I trip back over it tomorrow, God, would you by the power of your Holy Spirit give me the strength to stand back up and do it again? Man, that's the God we serve. He didn't just save you and say, good luck, sucker. He saved you and then sealed you. He said, you belong to me now. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can walk according to the way I tell you to walk. And then bless you by through that Spirit, giving you conviction, not condemnation. That's, that's the enemy. But by conviction, show you where you're missing the mark. And then refresh you. And I guess I'm just trying to give you a word of encouragement today. Confess Jesus Christ. Walk in his commandments. I'm going to skip down to verse 13. It says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. 
If you want to read first, if you just read First John, read the whole letter of First John, this is the thesis statement. This is his one big idea. Pastor Rick, every time I preaches, every time I preaches, <laughs> every time I submit a preaching to him, he asks me, he said, what's your big idea? What's your one thing? Because most adults don't pay attention unless there's just one big thing that you're trying to communicate. And that's all right. I'm the same way. I've been punching the head a lot. But he asked, what's your big thing? First John, John's one thing was so that these things I've written to you who believe in the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Don't question whether you have eternal life. Filter your life through First John because he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this letter so that we can know we belong to God. It's that simple. Oh, Pastor Jim, I need some guidance. Read First John. And then ask the Holy Spirit to, to filter your life and show you where you lack. And then ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you and help you walk upright and in the righteousness He gave you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Is that not good? We can know that we know that we know it. We don't have the excuse to say, I don't know. You can know. You can walk boldly and confidently into the throne room of grace and mercy expecting to receive in your time of need. What? Why? Because we know that we're in relationship with God because we have declared Jesus Christ as Lord, because we walk in obedience according to His Word, because we've been empowered by His Spirit, and we know that by all of these things we have the promise of eternal life. Which means we have a hope the rest of the world can't have. Man, I like these kind of nights. Sometimes you just be all, you know, I should throw my nose away. Let's just have a conversation. But I want us to know can I confess something to you? Sometimes I go home and I, I tell Angela, I don't think they got that at all. I don't think they feel the weight of the word. And it makes me sad. And I, I know you're all, you're 50 years old, talking like a child. Then let me be a child. It makes me sad that you don't have, some of us don't have the same confidence that I have that God loves us. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter who you were. It doesn't matter the addiction you came from or the broken home that you came out of. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. You know what matters? Is that I confess Jesus Christ as Lord, believe it in my heart that God raised him from the dead. He forgave me of my sin. I am saved. That I weigh everything at that level field that we talked about that is the foot of the cross. That he created equity, not me. That he created righteousness, not me. If he created it, he gave it to me. How can I do anything but worship him for that? Because I know that I know that I know that I know. Why? Because the word of God says so. Maybe we should start there. Maybe we should just understand, can we all agree that this is the infallible word of God, inspired by the spirit of God? Because if you don't believe the Word of God, is, it's not subject to your opinion. It's not subject to your previous teachings or your tradition. It is what it is. And according to what Pastor Rick has always told me, you can't make it say what it doesn't say. Well, you can. But then you're a false teacher and you got your own judgment coming. 
This is a holy book inspired by God, written by man, breathed by the Spirit of God. And he says, I can know. But not only can I know that I'm saved, that I have eternal life. You guys have heard me say these verses before. They're some of my favorite. Because of that, I know he hears my prayers. I know he hears my prayers. Listen to this. This is the confidence. You know what confidence means? This is the absolute certainty I have. There's no wavering in me. There's no what if. There's an absolute understanding. This is the confidence. This is what I plant my whole life on. This is the confidence which we have before Him, God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, then we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. I feel, I feel like I've quoted this so many times, we've, it's bred familiarity in you. Or maybe even bred familiarity in me, but listen to, the, listen to the words. Let them sink into your spirit. This is the absolute truth that I stand on. That before Him, if I ask anything according to His will, that which I can find in the Word of God, or those things that are confirmed in my spirit in the mouth of two or more witnesses, then this, according to His will, He hears me. We've already established God loves you. I'm looking at this baby over here, little Zeke. Brand new, has to trust his mom and daddy with everything that he has. If he asks when he gets big enough to for something to eat, you think they're not going to give him something to eat? Absolutely, they're going to do whatever they have to. They're going to sacrifice whatever they have to to make sure that that kid is provided for, that he is loved and nurtured. You know why? Because they have a love for that child because that child belongs to their house. And God has a greater love than that for you because our love isn't perfect. We mess our love up. God's never messed his love up one time. And in that kind of love, he hears our prayer requests. Just like that mama and daddy hear that baby. And because he hears us, we have what we've asked for. That baby's not going to be hungry. I guarantee that baby's never going to be hungry. You know why? Because they're going to hear it. And he's going to know he's going to get what he asked for. And God loves you more. And I know y'all love that baby. But God loves us more than they love that baby. It's time for the church to sit in the lap of our dad. And just go up to him and say, Father God, I just want to be in your presence. I know you saved me. I know that I don't, I don't even deserve to be here. But through Christ Jesus, you made me worthy. Can you provide for me? And God said, yes. Can you love me? Yes. Can you ensure that I'm protected? Absolutely. All of these truths can be proven in the Word. Do you hear what I'm saying? And God says, Absolutely, I hear what you're saying. But not only do I hear what you're saying, but because you belong to me, you're going to get 
what I hear you're asking for. Because I sent my son, Jesus, to die so that you would have that confidence. So that you would be able to walk into my throne room, into my living room, into my library, into my wherever it is you hang out. When I'm in my office. I was telling somebody this the other day. If I'm in my office and I'm in a meeting, if my grandbaby walks in, that means over. Well, it's probably not over. But he's going to sit in my lap while we have our meeting. You know why? Because that's my boy. And we're going to be in greater relationship than any of us ever will be because that's my grandson. It's not that I love you less. I just love you different. But God determined to love you the same. What? Isn't that beautiful? And in all of these truths, we still struggle with the question, God, do you really hear me pray? I can't imagine ever praying, thinking God may not answer me. Why pray? If you pray and you think, God's not hearing me, God's not going to answer my prayer, why are you praying? Why are you wasting your time? Because if that was the truth, it would be a complete waste of time. But praise God, it's not a waste of time because the Word of God says it's not a waste of time. But you know what I've come to learn about prayer? It's caught, not taught. People are like, Pastor Jim, man, does these sermon series on prayer. and They're probably pretty good. But I can't teach you how to pray. Jesus, even when he taught the disciples how to pray, wasn't giving them the words to say. He was showing, exposing his heart for prayer to them. Did y'all know that? Like that was never intended to be a verbatim prayer. That was a skeleton from which he was saying, have this heart to pray. Pray for these things. Hang your own prayer requests on the skeleton that is this framework. He wanted them to catch, not learn what it was to pray. And that's what I want from you. Because until we become a praying church, until we become a praying people, we're always going to walk outside of the best that God has for us.